This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, also joining us this morning, former Washington Capitol, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and uh, I guess an Alabama fan who's not too happy this morning, uh, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. Morning, Wally. Naz, how are you? We're good, doing Lou. great. Lou, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got so much to talk about this morning. Later on in the show, a remarkable achievement by our Canadian men's national soccer team. Uh, they didn't win, but they managed to uh, squeeze out a point uh, against Mexico on the road at the Azteca, which has been a graveyard for Canadian men's national soccer teams in the past. And uh, they've got a big game against Jamaica th- today and a big game against Panama down at, I believe it's Panama. We'll double check with uh, Canman and Marcantonio and, and Roberto Iarushi, former uh, Canadian soccer greats. They'll be joining us in the second half of the hour. Canadian men's national soccer team has never, ever looked this good. All our listeners know, Naz and I, we, we proudly support the Italian Azzurri when, uh, when, they're, uh, when they're doing great things, but uh, we're also fiercely proud Canadians, and we're going to celebrate what the Canadian men's national soccer team is doing uh, because they are playing uh, probably better than they have in, uh, in generations. So who better than Carmen and Marcantonio, Bob Ayarushi, who are both uh, capped Canadian national men's soccer players and members of the Canadian uh, Soccer Hall of Fame. So we'll be chatting with them later on in the hour. Guys, I, I will just say this. You know, I'm sure you guys are not thrilled that uh, your uh, your beloved uh, tie didn't win yesterday, uh, but it was an extremely, extremely exciting day in college football. If you're a college football fan, there was nonstop excitement most of the day. Uh, ending with Alabama, Texas A&M, uh, Iowa and Penn State battle of number three, number four was a was an incredible game. Uh, Big Ten's looking good this year. Uh, Ohio State's always lurking, and that Oklahoma Texas game was 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 uh, excitement personified, guys. And then who's the last man standing right now? The Georgia Bulldogs. So let's get into it, Naz. You know, this is the first time Alabama has lost to an unranked team since 2007. First time Saban has lost to one of his former assistants. Um, but, you know, Alabama, if anything, all they did was prove yesterday that they're human. They're still going to be a contender. Uh, there's still a lot of football to be played. Uh, as an Alabama fan, I'll turn it over to you first, Naz, and then over to Lou. Uh, your reaction to uh, Alabama, Texas A&M? Wally, that, Wally, that's not a good loss for Alabama. Georgia looked so impressive in their game against Auburn. They, they destroyed them. And uh, I think Georgia's got the upper hand over Alabama right now. Defense did not play well for Alabama. 
and they turn the ball over way too much. Yeah, certainly. The you know, the, the, if, if you want to be critical, I mean, Alabama had to had all they had uh, to to uh, beat Florida earlier, uh, but Florida is a pretty good team as well. Uh, you know, Alabama. You know, there. I, I. You know what? I'm not an Alabama fan. I'm a fighting Irish guy. Uh, Irish. You know, they they squeezed one out. I didn't mention that, but they squeezed one out on a last second field goal as uh, uh, as well. So uh, and. Uh, Notre Dame hasn't figured out their quarterbacking issues yet, so they're going to struggle, I think, uh, to, uh, you know, the, I don't see them going to the college football playoff this year, but the goal, I would guess, at this point is try to make, uh, try to make a New Year's Day bowl game. Uh, but, Lou, uh, Alabama, I never, you know what, not being an Alabama fan, I never count out Alabama. It's a long season. They've lost one. All they've done is reduce their margin of error. But it's pretty tough in the SEC. Um, it always is. Now they got they got it. You know, at some point in time, they're probably going to have to match up against Georgia. May get another go against Florida. Um, your reaction to what happened yesterday? Well, you know what, uh, <laughs> Alabama is always measured by by being the best, and and it. I, you know, I, sometimes I feel for the kids and, and Nick Saban because it's really it's everybody against Alabama, and you're always. And they're always trying to knock you off the top of the perch uh, every single game. So, listen, they, they didn't play well last night. They've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of issues uh, that they have to straighten out. But the destiny is still in their hands. Uh, Georgia's got to play Kentucky next week. Kentucky's looked really, really well this year. Uh, Georgia still has to go down to Jacksonville and play Florida. And you know what those games are going to be like. Uh, Alabama has. You know, they've got tough games against LSU. They've got a tough game against Auburn coming up uh, probably the next three or four weeks. So, really, everything is still in their hands. And, and if you know Nick Saban, uh, he'll he'll straighten things out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yesterday was just one of those games that uh, they battled back from 14 points down. Uh, they came back. I, I thought they really were going were gonna to win it at the, at the end. But you got to give credit to Texas A&M and their quarterback. They made the plays when they had to make them. Uh, if you look at time possession going up into the last uh, drive, I think Texas A&M only had about a four or five minute uh, time possession in the second half, and, and Alabama dominated them, and, but they didn't dominate them enough to uh, to control and, and win off uh, the ball game. Anyways, guys, uh, let, let's move on from college football, and we do have obviously the Leafs. Uh, we got a, we got we got significant amount of Leafs talk coming up, so we'll we'll get we'll squeeze that in between the first our first and second break. Uh, NHL season starts this week. Leafs start this week. Hope springs eternal. Um, fandom in Leafland is a little bit nervous, but uh, we'll get to that topic. But before we go to our first break, uh, let's sort of do a Jays wrap up. Um, last Sunday, Naz, you predicted the Jays weren't going to make the playoffs. I uh, the wild card. I predicted that they were. Uh, we didn't get the result. It was out of our control. Uh, the Sox came back from a five-one deficit against the Nationals at the end of that game, and the Jays uh, won it in the bottom of the ninth uh, against the Rays. So, uh, sorry, the Yankees won it in the bottom of the ninth against the against the Rays. So. Uh, it, it's unfortunate because this was an exceptional, exceptional Jays team that sort of put it together. It's unfortunate when you look back at the season, um, you know, you, you sort of don't want to make excuses for the Jays, and that, that, that's not a point. But they fought uphill. 
essentially until they got to the Rogers Center at the end of end of July. They had to start off the year in Dunedin, then they had to go to Buffalo, and their record uh, their record in Dunedin and Buffalo was below the 500 mark. Um, you play that this entire season in at, at home games at down at at the, at the Rogers Center. I think you get a different result. I think you, I think you get the Jays in the playoffs, and this Jays team in the playoffs. Who knows what could have happened? Parting thoughts, uh, Naz, on on the Jays season and uh, the task at hand that Shapiro and Atkins have in terms of Robbie Ray and, and Marcus Simeon. Hard to believe they won 91 games and uh, never had a home stadium to play in until the end of the end, end of uh, July. Um, interesting, though, they have to like, come back and sign some of these guys. I don't know if they can afford all of them. But uh, it should be very interesting in the offseason for the Jays. Well, they, they certainly there's there's going to be some significant dollar signs uh, in the two the two prime prospects uh, who are coming off career years, and uh, that's always a challenge for a general manager. Is you know Robbie Ray uh, Cy Young uh, appears to be in his immediate future. Uh, had a career year, uh, sort of a rec- a little bit of a reclamation project. Uh, God bless him. All all kudos to him. Um, they'd like to get him on a contract. It's going to cost them a lot of money. And Marcus uh, Semyon, who uh, filled in the gap at second base this year, and um, what, 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 what do we say here? He broke a major league record for home runs for a second baseman. Uh, remarkable achievement. Um, but his natural position is shortstop. But shortstop is occupied by... Uh, one of the Jays' young lights in Bo Bichette, so it's going to be difficult to move uh, Bo Bichette from shortstop. Um, so signing Simeon, and he's going to want he's going to want big money. And the other problem is they want big money and they want term. And when you're doing that after guys come off their career years, they think they deserve it, but there's a significant gamble there for the general manager and a lot of times that never works out does it Lou? no it really doesn't uh, and you know it's really unfortunate but your Simeon and, and Rob, Rob Ray are probably going to ask for contracts in the hundred million dollars range and uh, if the Jays want to go out and, and spill that kind of money to, to keep them that, that's great uh, but at the end of the day you know they've got a financial decision to make I know Randy Richard has probably played his last game uh, with the Jays, to, because I don't know if they can uh, put his contract in in the more or less in the mix next year. Uh, if they want to sign uh, one or, e- or or both of them, so you know they, the Jays. Uh, the, at the end of it, the Jays were probably the scariest team to, to play at the end of the season there because their offense was just unbelievable and uh, the starting pitching was uh, remarkable too. The only thing that they lacked was probably their their middle relief. So it's it's more or less uh, the two guys up top have to make a decision on where they want to go with this ball team and go to Rogers and see if they can fit those two players uh, uh, in the payroll next year. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's not even fitting them in the payroll next year. It's fitting them in over the course of uh, the near term because you've got you've got an incredible amount of young talent there. That's uh, they're you know. They've got guys there who are going to hit the jackpot over the course of the next two, three years. So there, there's only so many hundred million dollar players you can have. Uh, uh, it's, it, it would be great 
it would be great to see this lineup uh, for another year in in, in, in in a reasonably comparable form. Uh, give uh, give you know Atkins and Shapiro an opportunity to fill in a couple of the holes they have in middle relief, as you say, uh, Lou. Um, I can't possibly see them keeping both of them unless they're willing to give what they proverbial call home down hometown discounts. But this ain't a hometown for either one of them. Um, but um, certainly some significant challenges to uh, try to keep this Jays lineup together in in the short term, which I which I call next year, and also in the in the near term, which is the next year to three four years, because there's a, there's a lot of money that's going to be thrown around down at the Rogers Center because you've got some of the best young talent in the game, and their paydays coming down the pipe soon. Naz, really quickly before we uh, before we take it to break. There's a CBA coming for Major League Baseball, and that's going to make a difference to what's going on. I heard there might be a cap, and if there's a cap, it changes the salary structure all over the place. So we have to wait and see. Yeah, there is, yeah, yeah. Good point, Naz. Uh, we do definitely have to wait and see. And you know, they've made remarkable strides. And you look back some of the moves that were made in the last off season, even during during the season here, the bringing in Barrios at the trade deadline. Um, they uh, they hit home runs for uh, they hit home runs the management on almost all almost all the moves they made this year. So hopefully they can keep rolling the dice and keep. Uh, you know, keep uh, keep it going. Anyways, on that note, we're going to go to break. And uh, you know what? NHL starting this this uh, this week. The Leafs are starting this week. And uh, let's get down to it. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received questions on the new barbecue turkey bacon pizza. What kind of bacon is on it? Well, turkey bacon. It has a barbecue sauce base, red onions, pineapple, hot banana peppers, mozzarella cheese and chilli flakes. Do I need to barbecue it? No, it comes fully cooked. What if I don't have a barbecue? Oh boy. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. His only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. 
You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto and live uh, streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. It's... uh, Always with me, Naz, my co-host, Naz Marchese, also joining us this morning, uh, Lou Franceschetti. Gentlemen, let me, uh, I always love it this time of year. I um, I always uh, check out the uh, computer algorithms over at The Athletic, um, and they they always, uh, on a weekly basis, they, uh, they their computer uh, spits all the data into the computer, and it comes out with who's going to be the Stanley Cup champion, who's going to be the first place winner, and all that stuff. So let me throw some percentages at you guys, Naz and Lou, and then I'm going to ask you, what do you think about what the athletics computer is predicting? Stanley Cup champion, 56.4% odds. The uh, Colorado Avalanche, second. The Golden Knights, Vegas, 10.3. The Tampa Lightning at 10.3%. Islanders and Maple Leafs, at 7.7. So the computer at, over at the Athletic is predicting uh, fourth the fourth largest odds are the Maple Leafs at 7.7%, but the overwhelming favorite is the Colorado Avalanche. Let's talk about the, uh, the Eastern Conference. Um, they've got the Islanders to win the Eastern Conference, 30.8% tied with Tampa Bay at 38%, and they've got the Leafs in the third slot at 20.5%. Nez, has the computer got it right? They look like they do. They're pretty close to what I think. Yeah, they have it right. So you think? I'm surprised. So- I'm surprised at Colorado being the number one, though. Overwhelming, overwhelming favorite. I I think uh, you know the Lightning would probably be there, but for the fact that they lost quite a few important pieces, an entire line that was so, you know, the third line. Um, it was uh, Gordy. Uh, I can't remember the other guys, Lou. You might have to help me out. Um, Coleman, I believe, and there, there's a third guy. And they were they were so important to Tampa's uh, Stanley Cup uh, victories. Uh, Avalanche is up there. Leafs, you know what? I, I'm seeing this from the computer, uh, Lou. Uh, yep. But what I'm hearing in Leafs fans, you know, I mean, you, you, you know, you listen to what the experts say on TV. You listen to what the experts say um uh, in in the articles and the paper, in you know everything you read, everybody who um, is paid to make predictions. I'm not so sure the Leaf fans right now are seeing it that way. I'm I'm seeing a lot of uh, Missouri type uh, uh, attitudes, which is show me. I, I don't. I, I, my sense is from the Leaf fans that I talk to, um, they are a little bit skeptical. Luke, your thoughts. Uh, hey, I'm as skeptical as everybody else is. Uh, I, I don't know if they've made enough moves to, to really help themselves uh, make themselves a, a better hockey club. Uh, I look at the Leafs right now, and they're going to be fighting it out for that third uh, playoff spot uh, or the third play spot in their division. you got to remember, the Florida Panthers have turned the corner. Uh, obviously, you still have the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and, and the Boston Bruins. Now they're going to have to go into the other division and find out how good the teams are in that division because you got to remember that the top three teams make it, and then it's the best uh, record after that. Uh, it is 
is Richie and Gabriel and the differences that uh, that they bring to this uh, hockey okay, team. Are Gabriel. they going to make the difference uh, uh, during come playoff time? Because the Leafs are only going to be measured by what they do in the playoffs. I think the 82-game uh, season is more or less uh, it's something that they go through every single year. But it's what they do in the playoffs is really going to be the difference uh, on whether it's going to be a successful year or an unsuccessful year. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I think Gabriel's on waivers, if I'm not mistaken. He'd probably end up with the Marlies, would be my guess. And he'll that probably is correct. Yeah, he'll I mean, he'll probably come up. I would think, assuming uh, I, I don't even know how this all works. If he clears waivers or whatever, however it works out now. But apparently, at seven hundred and fifty grand a year, some other some other team, he might fit in somewhere else. Uh, but the Leafs, I agree with you, uh, Lou. Uh, I, you know, it's it's like I always use the analogy that you're shuffling the the you're shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, um, and hopefully hopefully the Leafs don't get hit by another iceberg. Um, hopefully the Titanic makes it to uh, to New York Harbor this time, but uh, it's going to come down to the it's 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 the core. I mean, at the end of the day, it, they're you know they they're rolling in with 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 the top four and Morgan Riley. Um, I you know uh, the new goalie might be an improvement over Anderson. And, you know, you sort of had to get Anderson out of town just because he's. So, criticized so much for his playoff performances. Although you know, if you look back at his, you know, over the years, you, you can't say that uh, he didn't improve the Leafs. I mean, a lot of times he was the only guy out there, certainly during the regular season. So I, I don't necessarily want to be overly critical of Freddie Anderson, but it, you know, you got new, you got new uh, goalie Verzik, and you know, he brings. In, it looks like we're going to have a one A and a one B this year. Which, uh, if you can get two goalies rolling rolling out forty games each, and they're both playing at a high level, that that certainly uh, becomes a bonus at playoff time. Um, Bogosian, uh, you look at the what the Leafs have lost. Um, Hyman, obviously, not so sure. Uh, I would have paid him what uh, what Ken Holland in the term, but you know, God bless Hyman. He you know he uh, he. Toronto and deserved the rewards they got. Uh, Bogosian, I think they're going to miss on the blue line. He was the one physical presence back there. Now you're asking Sandine, who's uh, you know certainly smaller uh, and perhaps Lilligren, to step up, and we're going to see how that one works out. But overall, uh, Nez, are they, are they are we a better team? Or are we are we treading water here? Or are we a worse team? How do the Leafs look? I think they look the same as they did last year, basically, right? They still have to have proven players come in to take some spots, and let's see what happens. But I think they're about the same as last year, and they have to prove themselves. But the Leaf fans, after 10 games, if they go on a nine-game, eight, nine-game winning streak, 10-game winning streak, or without a loss, they'll be back on the bandwagon for sure. Don't worry. Leaf fans will be back. Yeah, well, uh, there, there's there's a few who are waiting for playoff time this time around, Naz, but... Uh... Certainly, if if the Leafs are challenging for uh, number one overall, uh, no question that Leaf fans will get excited. Lou, McKayev's out. Looks like he's got a long-term injury. Um, Obviously, you know, you're trying to predict what's going to happen in a season based on the lineup. Leafs have, uh, um, you know, during the preseason, they got a, a, a dose of the Canadians and the Senators. So, you know, their record is pretty good, five and one. I think the preseason is pretty well meaningless. Um, now we're back into your usual uh, division. Now you've got 
you know, Tampa and Boston and Florida and all these teams you got to butt heads against should should be a more significant challenge than they had uh, than they had last year, uh, Lou. Um, but it's always, you know, you're, you you got to hope that you stay healthy, right? And you go at least have more depth goalie wise, I would think. Um, but overall, are they? If they lose a couple of guys on the defense, there uh, there could be some challenges there. Could they're not, Lou? Uh, yeah, and also, you know, um, we, I didn't think that Tavares' loss last year was going to be that big of a difference against Montreal, but it definitely was. Um, it, it, it really, it's, I think, with every team, there's there's one or two guys that you can't really afford to uh, to lose as a regular season, and it all depends on. Uh, how long you lose them for? So you know you got a core with with Muzzin and uh, and Brody and and Hole there uh, on the defense. If one of those guys uh, go down, uh, you know how are they going to replace them? Because I'm not sure if they have the the proper replacements uh, in the farm system. And all and also up front, uh, you're not going to start with uh, Austin Matthews in the lineup. So uh, is Nylander, Marner, and Tavares going to pick up the slack? And, and with every team, you need secondary scoring. And if the Leafs can get some secondary scoring and take a little bit of pressure off those top three or four guys, uh, the season is going to go a lot better for them than uh, if they don't. You know, certainly that's, uh, there, there's no question about that. Uh, you know, it, it comes down to uh, comes down to the core. It comes down to staying healthy. It comes down to matchups. Um, you're, you're back in. Uh, you know, where you're back in with Tampa and Boston. Um, the lack of physicality on defense. Uh, I think one of the big keys to the Leafs season, and I want you guys to comment on this, um, is, I, I, you know, we've been saying this for years. Morgan Riley has always been on the threshold of moving up to the next level of defensemen. He's, I, he's never been. You know, he's always been on the bubble of being a number one or close to it. Um, and then he goes through these periods, you know, per, you know, where, you know, he doesn't play like a number one and he gets criticized. Uh, I think the talent is there. Uh, this might be a big year. I think the Leafs this year, a lot of their success is going to be, um, you can't rely just on one player. But if Morgan Riley can play close to a number one this year, uh or even a two-way, you know, at a at a very high level, and it's it's a contract year for him, uh, and it's also an Olympic year, and he's on the bubble for the Olympic team. If he gets off to a really great start, um, his name's going to be in the thick of the conversation to go over to uh, to, to Beijing and play in the Olympics. Nas uh, Morgan Riley, how important? If you were to pick, aside from the four that we talk about all the time which are Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander. Um, who are the next guys on this team that they need, they need really, really strong years from? The one you gotta, gotta be, who has to be there is Muzzin. Muzzin adds to a physical and offensive game. And I think he's the key of the defense. They lost him last year and they went down. A couple of times they lost him and they, they, they go on losing streaks. And uh, Muzzin's very important to that team. Lou, I have to agree with Naz there. Uh, Mozart is probably the uh, the core of that defense. Um, 
you know, Brody's done a great job. Uh, and Hull's just, uh, he's just getting his feet wet right now. But I think the, uh, the glue back there is, uh, is Drake Muzzin. Um, and obviously, uh, Morgan Riley, a, a close second, because we, we know what Morgan Riley can do. But Morgan Riley didn't have a Morgan Riley type of year last year. And uh, he knows that this year he's got to clean up his act probably in the defensive end. We know that he's got the, uh, he's a great offensive defenseman. But if he doesn't clean up the, the back end, uh, the Leafs are going to struggle. Lou, any of these uh, new offensive pickups impressed you at all? Are any of them any of them going to make any kind of a difference, significant difference? Richie uh, Camp, uh, um, what's the name of that kid that came in from Anaheim? Andre Kazi, um, Bunting looks like he's, he plays a bit of a greasy game. Um, any of these guys? Uh, any of these guys going to make a difference? I think Bunting will probably give them a, a feature that they've never had before. Uh, because it, it looks like that he can put the puck in the net given the proper uh, situation and put on the proper line. And he can, uh, he can be, like you said, a, a very greasy player. He's the c- kind of player that, that just gets under people's skins, uh, just by doing just little things that, uh, players aren't used to, uh, getting done to them. Uh, I think the key is probably going to be Morazic uh, as a backup to uh, to Jake Campbell, because Jake's never really been, or Jack Campbell, he's never really been in this situation where he has been the number one goalie. Now they they brought in a really close number two goalie. Uh, I just want to see how that uh, how that uh, fends out. Ness, who's uh, of the of the new guys that are coming in? Uh... Who's impressed you, and uh, who, who 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 should we look for to make uh, make a difference? I think Bunting has had a great camp, and he's played really well. But other than that, I, I'm not sure that they're going to add very much from last year. I would I would, I would uh, I'd like to throw something out though, Wally. What what about Tavares and Team Canada? They named three Team Canada players, and they named uh, Pitcher Angel as one of the three. Yep. Does Tavares make it, or does the Marner make it, Um That's a really good question. Uh, Tavares Marner seems to be a lock. Um, he seems to be even be slotted on on, on McDavid's line. Uh, can't remember. I think I don't know if they're going to put McDavid and McKinnon together. I, I, I've seen that. The problem with not problem. It's a great problem to have, but you're going to be overloaded with centers. Um, so some of the centers are going to have to have to have to play on the wing, and that's not unusual for Team Canada. That's the way it's always been. But Marner, I think, uh, I don't think there's any issue uh, unless he gets off to an incredibly horrible start, which I don't foresee, or he gets injured, which nobody's. Let me knock on wood there. Um, Marner's there. Tavares is when you read the reports appears to be on the bubble. Um, so uh, you know, there's probably ten, twelve, fourteen uh, that are that are probably the names are written in, and this is going to be a topic that we're going to continue to discuss. Uh, Tavares is probably going to be in that bubble where you've got to pick the last, uh, you got to pick the last four or five, and you've probably got eight or nine guys you can go to. So, and a lot of that's going to be on how these guys start. Um, you know, Tavares was on the 2014 team, but he got hurt. Um, obviously had uh, remarkable, remarkable performances for the national junior team back in, uh, in, in 08, 09, or in that time frame. 
Um, he very well could be on the team, but he's uh, he's not. He's certainly not a lock. I think Marner is. Lou, uh, you're right. I think the uh, what they're going to look at at Tavares. You're going to look at a guy that uh, is going to give you leadership. He's going to. He's not going to uh, accept his role. Uh, on the hockey team, uh, if he is one of those uh, last picks, um, Marner, you know, exceptional offensive talent. I'm not. They've got so much of that right now, uh, and he'll be slotted in on the, on the right side on one of those lines. Uh, and then uh, Cooper's going to have to decide on: is he going to fill this lineup with two lines of uh, an offensive uh, juggernaut, or are you going to spread the wealth? amongst uh, the four lines. And we all know that if you don't put the proper pieces uh, together, uh, the Olympics yep. are sometimes, they are a crapshoot uh, because you got teams like Sweden and, uh, and Russia that's uh, got a lot of uh, talent, just like the Canadians do. Well, there's, there's an incredible amount of talent that, uh, you know, you, go, you take a look at the U.S. team, you look at the Russian team, uh, the Swedes, the Finns. I mean, there's an incredible amount of talent in the world right now. But, can, and it's, but this is a changing of the guard, a new generation for a lot of the teams. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to McKinnon and McDavid. And, and uh, the rumor has it they might be on the same line. I can't even imagine uh, going out on the ice and having to defend those two guys at the same time and you throw in Marner's creativity. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll continue to talk about it between now and February. Um, Wally, I, note, just wanna, uh, I just want to say something, Wally. Yep. Uh, I think the difference in the Olympics this year is going to be in the goaltending situation. Yeah. The Canadians no longer have the best goaltending in the world. Well, certainly with, with what happened to Carey Price, and we wish Carey all the best, uh, who's had to, uh, he's got some issues to deal with, but you're absolutely 100%. Canada's always had the best goaltending in the world, but then the last, uh, I guess, uh, Carey Price might be our last great one. Uh, um, so we'll see who picks up that mantle. Guys, on that note, we've got to go to break. We come back, we're going to talk about the incredible Canadian men's national soccer team. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother Rayul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Rayul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly. 
the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. The need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cortellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence. The first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevaughn.com. We are for community, by community. And together, we are here to serve. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on AM 740, 96.7 FM downtown Toronto, and also live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. Joining us now is Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer, Carmen and Marcantonio. We were hoping to connect also with... uh, Bob Ayarushi, we haven't uh, we haven't had any success yet. Uh, it's live radio. Sometimes these things happen. We will keep trying if we can. Uh, we can put Bob in on this conversation. We'd love to. But uh, we've got Carmen and Marcantonio, uh, Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer, member of the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame, played for Canada's national soccer team back in the. Uh, you'd have to you'd have to help me out here, Carmen, at either the late seventies or early eighties. Well, uh, yeah, late seventies, uh, early eighties. Uh, basically, that was my period. Uh, that that was on uh, top of my games in the twenty, you know, twenties. Uh, young, uh, young, you know, young men in Canada, and uh, just uh, you know, for, since nineteen sixty-eight, well, I, I immigrated yeah. from Italy with my parents here in this uh, wonderful country of ours. Uh, so, good morning to you and uh, Nan. Yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, coming here. We also have Lou Franceschetti uh, with us this morning, and hopefully oh, we get oh. we get your good friend uh, Bob Ayarushi on at some point uh, because there's some something significant happened this week down in Mexico City. Uh, Canada is fighting to qualify for the uh, 2022 World Cup next year, and we're in tough. Canada's in tough. Um, we uh, they had to go down and play Mexico in uh, the Azteca Stadium, which is one of the cathedrals of soccer. It's one of the most famous soccer stadiums in the world. Some of the greatest games in the history of soccer have happened in the Azteca. One of them, Italy-Germany in the World Cup semifinal in 1970. The infamous Maradona Hand of God happened at the Azteca the Azteca has, uh, Stadium has not been a place where Canada's had much success. Uh, the last time we even got a result there was in 1980. We got a 1-1 draw in 1980. And in the last five times Canada's been down there, 
we got we've lost in it. the total goals scores 20 goals for Mexico and zero for Canada and this Thursday night we managed to tie the Mexicans in the Azteca a tie doesn't sound like that significant a result but in, in the context of what's going on in in CONCACAF that is a huge result for the Canadian men's national soccer team Kadamina yeah, well, you said it uh, very well, uh, Walter. Uh, I mean, 1980, that's the last time that uh, we managed to, and I was in that team, and we managed to, to tie with an amazing goal by Jerry Gray, who was my teammate also in Montreal, Manic. Uh, so that was my time. Around that time, I was uh, trying to qualify. We were trying to qualify for the World Cup in 1982 in uh, in uh, in Spain, when uh, Italy won that amazing World Cup in Spain, and uh, we had a positive result. Uh, but I could tell you, you call the Azteca the, the the cathedral of football in in North America. I would say more like the Colosseum. You know, you you're in the lion's den over there. Uh, <laughs> so anything that goes to the Azteca over the history and plays Mexico. Uh, the altitude, the, the 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 fans are very hostile, and uh, and uh, you know so the heat, and, and and it's so difficult to play over there. And I remember that game uh, that when uh, we tied with Jerry Gray, uh, amazing goal. In that game, possession could have been seventy to thirty, maybe at best. You know, the Mexico obviously took it to us, and. Uh, and uh, we were lucky to come up with the tie. And Mexico wasn't that strong at that time. Uh, they didn't even qualify for 1982 World Cup. Um, I think it was only one team at the time that qualified. And if I'm not mistaken, it was El Salvador. But, um, but anyhow, this team here showed what they have. You know, uh, they have attributes. Uh, you know, uh, Osorio that scored the goal and played an amazing game. Called them by the name. They had the attributes. That uh, they got confidence. They got uh, they got uh, a bit of a flair in them. And they they felt. Uh, I heard the, the 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 interview after the game by the coach John Harmon and, and Osorio, and they basically were said not to have come up with a win. I mean, statistically, they they played equal to Mexico. And uh, the statistic, uh, I was looking at the statistics. Uh, listen to this. Possession was uh, Mexico 55%, Canada 45%. Shots on goal, Mexico 11, Canada 8. On target, 4 versus 4. So uh, uh, passing accuracy, that really, really impressed me. Mexico was at 85% passing accuracy. And Canada, 80%. It tells you that Canada went there to win the game and keep possession and created a lot of chances. So, and that's and 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 Camille, that's pretty remarkable. I, this is this is a total change. I don't know if I want to call it attitude or mentality or just a bit of both. And Herdman is all obviously coaching to a newfound level of talent that we have in Canadian soccer, and we're not. You know, the amazing part about it. Uh, they went into the Azteca, and you know, normally when Canada goes in there, it's almost like they've always been intimidated to a certain extent. And, and but this Canadian team went in there with the intention to win the game, uh, yes, and they, they very did. well believed that they could win win the game. And you, you and you look, and why not? 
Alfonso <laughs> Davies is a world-class talent. He could be in the starting lineup of any team in the world, including any national team. Uh, he's a world-class talent. We've got other players that are playing at the highest levels in 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 Europe, and we've got obviously the MLS. In, in you know, you look at Osorio and his time with with TFC. I mean, these these are these are world-class talents. Um, they can they can play, and you know, for Canada, they weren't holding back. That was, I've been watching the game, and you would have expected in the last ten fifteen minutes. I mean, let's grab this point and let's get out of here. No, they were pushing forward. A complete and utterly different attitude and confidence from our Canadian men's national soccer team. And it's wonderful, wonderful to watch. And we've got a big game, two big games this week. They get Jamaica today, and they're a dangerous opponent. Uh, and you've got to go play in the Kingston National Stadium down, down in Jamaica. And then we're back at BMO this week. Uh, hopefully we don't get a let. It's going to be really easy to have a letdown today. Uh, but every point is so critical. Uh, Kadamina, your 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 thoughts on uh, on the new Canadian attitude and uh, line us up and set us up for the game today. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, a lot of credit goes to the coach. I, I believe John Hoodman has done uh, a, a terrific job with with this team because uh, they believe in themselves. And and John is a is a great uh, motivator. We know what he's, he's done with them. Um, with the women's program, I mean, he won, you know, he won two bronze medal in the two Olympics, and we know from that group of women, they ended up eventually winning the gold in Tokyo. But that was also all doing by of, of John Erdman, and he's, he's, I think, you know, there was a bit of a suspicion when he was appointed on the men's program because obviously he didn't have any experience. But I think his greatest attribute is a great scout of talent, okay? There's a lot of young men that are coming from all over the world, mostly MLS, but there's a lot of these uh, Canadian players that are playing in Europe at the top level. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Alfonso Davis. I don't think there's a greatest, greater athlete World, known worldwide and Alfonso nowadays, Canadian athlete I'm talking about. I mean, you know, who knows in the world? I mean, we used to have Gretzky that, you know, that was world-renowned. But right now, name me an athlete other than maybe the couple of tennis players, that women and men. But uh, Alfonso is a phase of sports, Canadian sports in the world right now because he's a top, top player. And like Alfonso, we got uh, David that is playing in, in France. And, and we got Rosario that plays, uh, you know, in the MLS. So he's well known in North America. And we got a lot of these young players that have been developed in the academies in the MLS, and a lot of them have been purchased, like Buchanan playing in New England. Now he's going to go next year, I think, at the end of the season, he's going to go with uh, with uh, one of the Belgium uh, First Division team, and he, they pay top dollars for this uh, young talent. And I think uh, if you look at it, uh, Walter, uh, I was looking at all the games that the Canada played so far, four games. We could really, realistically, yep. this team could have had 10 points. Because I, mean, I, I, hate to, I hate to interrupt there, I don't, but I wanted to give Naz an opportunity. We're sure. running out of time, and uh, yeah. Naz, I want to give you an opportunity. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised at the defensive play in Mexico against Canada. They were on the defensive most. I'm moving any players up. Were you surprised at that? They showed so much respect 
for Canada's forward that uh, they played on a, a Mexico seemed to play a defensive game instead of an offensive game. Yeah, nah, you know what? Again, it has to you have to give credit to to the whole team and starting from the coaching staff and Jason DeVos that was is 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 the brain behind it picking you know the coaching staff and uh, John Herdman. And and the players that you know that play at top levels in Europe and the MLS that they, they feel that they're not secondary to the you know we were intimidated in the past by the Mexicans we're no longer intimidated because these players like Alfonso like the other ones I mentioned they're playing Champions League they're playing against uh, top European uh, national team players every every day and they get they get confidence. I mean, I could do an analogy when I played with Cruyff, and every time I, you know, with Cruyff against Beckenbauer or Pelé, that's why I grew as a player. So, the, you know, Bobby Arushi, too bad that he's not on, 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 on the radio to, for whatever reason, he probably fell asleep. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, Bobby could attest to that because we grew as players playing alongside top players. And that's why NAS, this Canadian national team, I'm very confident that they're going to make the World Cup this time around because this is the best team that we've fielded and it's, it's, it has a big roster of young, talented players. Uh, before I turn it over to, to you, Lou, I just want to make one comment that, um, you know, the, the, there's, one, there's one part of a soccer game that's completely different than any other sport is when they, when, just before the game starts, all the starting eleven, they 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 uh, they're shoulder to shoulder. They've got their arms around you uh, around each other, and then they belt out the national anthem. And you know what? The Canadian players are doing what every other national team in the world, and it was just incredible to watch. They're singing "O Canada" at the top of their lungs. I mean, they're they're not quite GG Buffon, but they're getting there. I I just <laughs> love it I mean, watching these Canadian players in the Azteca with their arms around each other belting out O Canada at the top of their lungs. It's just a beautiful sight to behold. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Lou? Uh, God, a minute. Do the Canadians have enough offensive firepower? I know you don't score too many goals uh, in soccer, but do they have enough creativity uh, on the offensive side of the of the ball uh, to, to get past a team like Mexico and, and the U.S.? I think uh, Lou. I saw, I saw all the games. I, I saw. I didn't see the Mexico game live because uh, I saw the highlights. Uh, and I think this team here has all the, the it takes to to score goals and defend well. I mean, we, if anything, we're a bit thin. I think in the, in the back, okay, because uh, Victoria, the place in Portugal, is going to be suspended against the. And Loreia, that plays with TFC, they're going to, in the back, they're both defenders, that they're going to be suspended against the Jamaica game. But we're very talented up front, and maybe we lack maybe a bit of creativity at midfield. But we've got this Eustachio young man that plays in Portugal. He, I've been very impressed with him in every game he's played in the midfield. And he's very, very good. I mean, he came out of nowhere. And, and that's why, again, I want to give John Herdman, the coach, all the credit because he's looking around the globe and, and getting these players uh, and playing for the team at, at the highest level. And uh, I mentioned to you that we should have had two more extra points because we deserve to win the game, the first game uh, at BMO 
against Honduras, so that we lost two points there. And I thought the team deserved to have a win against uh, the U.S. It was, a, I think, a 1-1 tie. But Canada outplayed the U.S. in the U.S. So, uh, realistically, Canada should have been first in the group with 10 points. But, you know, we're, we're third place right now. And I think this team is going to take it all the, uh, all the way. And, uh, you know, starting tonight, uh, it's not going to be an easy game. Jamaica's got one point only. They're playing in Kingston. and uh, But, you know, Canada, obviously, I feel that they, they should come up with the three points. And then... You know, Panama, if they win uh, in Jamaica and they win next this Wednesday against uh, Panama at home, you know, I, I think we're going to be in first place. And, uh, and I feel that this team is going to qualify. Yeah, certainly, and uh, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep uh, certainly an eye out. Big game today. It's, it's so competitive, you can't almost afford to have a bad game. But the one, one beautiful thing about watching this Canadian men's national soccer team now is every time they take the pitch, in a in a CONCACAF game, we've got the best player on the field. Alfonso Davies right now is the best player playing in CONCACAF. And when was the last time we could have said Canada has the best player uh, on any game when uh, going on the field? And that's just remarkable. He's excitement personified. You, yeah, you can tell when you can tell when a player has got it when the fans boo him. They were yeah. booing. Davies the whole game when he had the ball. And when, right. you, when you get that from the fans, you know that he's that good. Anyways, yeah. gentlemen, unfortunately, I'm going to have to interrupt. I apologize. I, we could talk forever. We always run out of time. We're so passionate about some of these topics. We, uh, we lose track of time. Kind of minute. You yeah. know how much we appreciate it. We, uh, we, always, uh, we always appreciate talking football with you. Thank you so much. Always. Thank you, guys. And uh, one thing, I want to leave it with one word with this Canadian national team. Belief. That's what they have. We, yes. we certainly, they've turned us into believers. Thank you, Kaidamina. Yes. Naz, Lou, we've got uh, 20 seconds left. A huge game tonight, the Bills and the Chiefs. Naz, uh, first of all, really quickly, Lou, because I want to let Naz finish. Who's going to win tonight, Bills or Chiefs? Uh, I like the Chiefs. Okay, Naz? Of course I like the Bills. But it's kind of a question. <laughs> anyway, you're going to make it six and the Bills at eight. Jamaica, Canada at 6, the Bills are in Chiefs at 8 o'clock. What a doubleheader. Yeah, we're going to do that picture-in-picture tonight. It's uh, certainly (laughs) an exciting day in sports. Guys, Lou, thanks for joining us. Naz, always a a thrill doing this with you. To all our listeners, have a fantastic and safe week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.